police in the morning. Two beautiful orphaned identical twins, Maria and Frida Gellhorn, moved to the village of Karnstein to live with their uncle Gustav Weil, a fanatical Puritan and leader of the local witch-hunting brotherhood. The village count, an evil man who secretly practices Satanism, uses black magic and transforms into a vampire. Unhappy with her new life, Frida seeks escape and tragically falls under the spell of the Count. Now overcome with an insatiable hunger for human blood, Frida has to hide her secret from her sister and escape her uncle's killing grasp. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the The B-Movie Bros. Here are B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week, we begin the month of March, which here at B-Movie Bros stands for Monsters Are Rather Charming Hornballs. Very so creative. We're taking a look at the 1971 Hammer classic, Twins of Evil. You heard what the back of the Blu-ray case had to say. Now let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Going. Yeah, let's start with the top. Sounds pretty good. All right. For me, number three. The vampire in this film has a minion, and he's this giant mute guy named Joachim, and he's just awesome. He just, like... He doesn't talk the whole time. He just makes these awkward, like, signing, signing symbols. And then he just shows up out of nowhere and, like, to help out the vampire and attack people. It's just awesome. At one point, he's getting attacked by, like, 20 guys, and he takes down a bunch of them. He, like, he, like burns somebody's face, and then he, like, hacks somebody's head. It was pretty awesome. Yukim was a great character. Number two... Peter Cushion was one of the main characters in this, and Peter Cushion is always awesome. He plays this crazy religious zealot witch hunter who just goes around burning people to death, and his performance is so theatrical and lively that you just can't help but enjoy it. And number one, the last ten minutes of this film were by far the best part. It's so full of action and blood. At one point, the evil twin is walking into a room and then suddenly Peter Cushion come at, comes out of nowhere, grabs her head and this decapitates her. It's fucking awesome. Yet the last 10 minutes of the film are by far the best. So for me, number three is also Joachim, Joachim. I, I think he called him Joachim. I'm Joachim, just go Joachim. The, the butler slash bodyguard of uh, the, main, the main bad guy, the vampire. Who, like you said, he just kind of like pops out of nowhere. Like the, the the vampire guy just like yells his name, and he's like there to kidnap women or beat the shit out of people or just like step in the way of bullets. And you know, he's he's just super badass. And for being so minor in this movie, his presence is really like there. One of the most memorable characters in the film. Um, number two, the good guy, quote unquote, in this movie is so easy to hate, and the bad guy is so easy to like. You know, Peter Cushing plays this religious zealot who goes around burning women at the stake, but yet he's the protagonist. He's the good guy, so to speak, in this film. And the vampire is the bad guy, but he's so charismatic and just kind of relatable. Like, come on, guys, can't we do something more fun? Like, like no, he, he would say that, you know. But anyway, I just, I, I, I like him. Number one, to me, is specifically, well, it was really a tie between the death of Frida and Peter Cushing as Peter Cushing does best. 
because the death of Frida is just one of those scenes that, although it's not extremely gruesome or anything, it's so shocking when it happens because you just kind of don't expect it. And with how Peter Cushing acts and what his, his mannerisms and his expressions, it's such a powerful scene. I don't think I've had anything else surprise me or shock me as much in all of the movies I've ever seen as that action in that moment in this movie because of how it plays out. That scene in general just made the entire movie so much better. All right, so let's move into our bottom three. Number three, this movie is really slow-paced. Not really much happens throughout the majority of the hour and 27 minutes of it. The last 10 minutes are by far the best, and that's where most of the good parts happen. That's where the most violence happens. That's where most of the nudity happens. It's just skip the first hour and 17 minutes and just go to the last 10. You won't be missing much. Number two, Peter Cushing's character was really an evil guy. He would burn people alive, yet the film tries to, at the end, redeem him somehow, even though he's an outright dick. I understand the time period this took place in and that they were in a really secluded village, but still, even above that, he was kind of a dick. And I'm not really a fan of when movies try to redeem characters that just really aren't redeemable. And number one, at the end of the film, the choir master, Anton, he manages to convince the witch hunters that burning people alive is wrong and doesn't actually do anything because, you know, burning people alive is ridiculous. But then convinces them that stabbing them through the heart is somehow more rational and more scientific. Or chopping off their head. Yeah, or chopping off their head. Like, seriously, what the fuck? Like, okay, yeah, don't burn them alive. Just stab them in the heart, you know? That makes a lot more sense. Like, no, fuck yourself. Well, for me, number three, this movie is called Twins of Evil. Twins being plural, with an S at the end. However, there is only one twin that is evil in this film. If I'm seeing a movie that's about twins of evil, I want to see evil twins. Not an evil twin. They should both be evil. But no, one's all pure and innocent and, oh no, I'd never do anything wrong. And the other one's like, Satan, hell yeah! And I'm like, fuck this. Number two, what, what the fuck was that vampire doing out in the sun? He should have been burned to a crisp, but yet, all the time, he's out in the fucking sun. I think he was tanning at one point in the movie. God damn it. That is not what a vampire does. Number one, for a movie whose biggest draw is that it stars twin Playboy model, models Mary and Madeline Collinson, there is actually very little nudity in this movie. It's, it's a sexploitation movie. Why is there not more sex? Why is there not more nudity? And only one of the twins actually bears skin in the film. Sure, there's a lot of cleavage shots, but one gets nude. That's it. Fuck it. The twins aren't evil. There's one evil twin. I only get to see one of them naked. What the fuck is wrong with how this movie presents itself? It's all screwed up. I agree completely. Well, there's something we didn't talk about too much, and that was uh, the dialogue in this movie, but let's have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war! Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. I'm going to get us started off. The devil has sent me twins of evil. Did it ever occur to you that you were beating the devil into her? Burning purifies. Everyone enjoys a good hanging. 
His men enjoy burning innocent girls alive. Out witch hunting again? He'd love to find us doing something wrong just to punish us. Burn her. And that ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or would like to say anything to us, you can leave a comment here or on our website, bmoviebros.com. I think it's about time for us to give our final take on this movie. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this? I gave this movie, surprisingly, a 3 out of 10. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Now, although this film is mostly drawn-out sequences of barely anything happening, it does have a few standout features. The biggest of those is Peter Cushing and his portrayal of Gustav Weil, a wicked man of God who's actually a tad fear-inspiring. Secondly is Frida's death scene, which for me is genuinely one of the most surprising scenes I've ever witnessed. I didn't see it coming how it did, and was really in shock coming to terms with what was really just happening. It isn't particularly gruesome or anything, just a very powerful shot. All in all, it's an average vampire movie, but its few standout moments really do shine through and make this film worth checking out at least once. As long as you can get over the fact that it's called Twins of Evil, and there's only one evil twin. Twins of Evil had all the makings of an awesome, low-budget sexploitation film. It had twin Playboy models, a medieval setting, vampires, and Peter Cushing. This film could have been amazing. Unfortunately, it squandered all these things and dragged on as only a mildly entertaining vampire movie rather than a sleazy parody made for laughs laughs film like it should have been not really much happened throughout the film and what does happen really wasn't all that interesting in fact it was both predictable and kind of boring there wasn't even that much nudity which is really surprising considering the two protagonists were playboy models Still, the performances by most of the cast, especially Peter Cushing, were entertaining and made the movie overall enjoyable. And the climax of the film was just awesome. It's not one of the better vampire films or one of the better films with Playboy models. However, it's definitely not the worst either. Now, we know that not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do, so we like to give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion and tell you why this B-movie is the same as this A-movie, a movie of higher class and standard. For me, I picked 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I picked I Spit on Your Grave from 1978. Now, both Twins of Evil and Bram Stoker's Dracula are about vampires, Both movies are set in a time long since past. Both movies feature a young maiden being seduced by the vampire and eventually turned into one. Both movies feature angry mobs storming the vampire's castle. Both films seem to drag on for entirely too long. And both films have the ability to outrage me based on their title and the content within the film. Twins of Evil only has one evil twin. It should be fucking Twin of Evil, not Twins. And Bram Stoker's Dracula has a fucking werewolf raping instead of Dracula being a vampire. He's not a werewolf. He's a vampire. Call it Bram Stoker's Dracula. Ah! Yeah, it's just bizarre. Yeah. So I picked I Spit on Your Grave because both movies have female protagonists. 
The protagonist in both films travel to secluded areas. Jennifer and I Spit in Her Grave goes to a small town in upstate New York to get away for a while and focus on her writing. The twins in, in Twins of Evil move to a small town in Italy to live with their aunt and uncle after their parents die. There is a group of men in both films that commit acts of violence against women. A group of local guys rape Jennifer in I Spit on Your Grave, and a group of witch hunters burn women alive who they believe are witches in Twins of Evil. Both movies have at least one of the protagonists killing members of the group of violent men. And both movies came out in the 70s. Twins of Evil came out in 1971, and I Spin in Her Grave came out in 1979. So there you have it. If you want to watch a movie version of Twins of Evil, check out Bram Stoker's Dracula or I Spin on Your Grave. Now I think it's time to tell everybody how to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll both give you some drinking games for this movie, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one. Every time Maria begs Frida not to go somewhere, take a drink. Number two, every time one of the twins is showing cleavage, take a drink. Number three, whenever someone shouts about the devil, take a drink. Number four, anytime the Brotherhood has a meeting, finish your drink. And number five, of course, because it's Monsters are Rather Charming Hornballs Month, whenever a monster has sex or performs a sexual act, take a drink. Every time Frida talks about not liking good men, take a drink. Every time someone is burnt alive, take a drink. Every time Peter Cushion talks about sinners and the devil, take a drink. And every time Joachim is in a scene, take a drink. If you have a movie you'd like us to review or any additional comments, feel free to leave a message below. You can follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, like us on Facebook, or follow my personal Twitter, at bmoviepaul. If you have an independent film you're working on and would like to discuss it, you can email us at, g- at bmoviebros at gmail.com, and we'd love to have you on our show to talk about it. You can, wa- you can listen to us on, YouTube, on our YouTube page, bmoviebros, or find everything on SoundCloud and our website, bmoviebros.com, where we have new content Monday through Saturday. Also, we now have a PayPal account where you can, if you like what you hear, you can donate to the show. It would really help us get new equipment and just keep up the sh- keep up um, the show seven days a week. We also now have a Patreon, so we would appreciate any donations you guys can you guys can give to, give us. So next week, as we continue through March, we get to meet the Cenobites in the 1987 film Hellraiser. This is a movie I've owned for many years, but I've still not watched it, so I'm I'm actually really excited. And this is a movie I don't think I own anymore, but I've seen it like a million times, so yeah, this is going to be fun. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back for more. (laughs) 